Hello, hello, hello. This is uh, sure we're back again. Uh, shotgun. What's going on, Aiden? <laughs> uh, back again, shotgun the orcs. Uh, my name's Aiden. Join with Tom and Jake. Yo, yo, big up. <laughs> what it do, baby? What it do? What episode is this, Aiden? Uh, we are. I'm pretty sure it's episode five. I th- no, this is episode six. No, it's episode five. Well. I call it episode five because I call episode four part two episode four part two. No, no, no. I would so, say that's episode five. I think, well... I think we're episode six. Te- yeah, technically we're on episode six. Last episode was episode five, which was part two of episode four. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys, we have this Shotgun Yorks, episode six. Um, we're still here. We're back with the crack. Let's fucking do this. Don't smoke crack. Tell you what, that crack is really Moorish. Yeah, stay Don't away from drugs. Stay away from the crack kids. Um, so, guys, what have we been up to? I'm looking at you, Jake. I'm looking at you, Tom. What's, <laughs> what's going on? Well, we're recording on a Monday, which is really throwing me out of whack. Um, Mate, you've ruined the illusion. Yeah, what illusion? What illusion are we setting? Mate, I don't know. We, I just well, we, 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 told, we told people we record on a Wednesday, so it's going to blow their mind knowing that we actually recorded on a Monday for a change. And nothing's happened. It's too early in the week. It is way it's too early in the week. Absolutely fuck all has happened. And that's all for this week, guys. Uh, <laughs> see, you, see you next week. <laughs> see you next Wednesday when equilibrium is restored. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So we're we're all recording a bit early this time because um, we're not available on Wednesday. We've got a few things coming up. I'm going away to the Chester Zoo with my missus for for a birthday. I'm taking up there for a little uh, couple of days away. You're taking her to the zoo for a birthday. Yeah, man. How romantic, man. I think that's that's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> Romance isn't dead. And uh, yeah, well, you know how I do. Jake, what are you doing? Uh, on Wednesday, I'm actually uh, double booked, so couldn't record Wednesday because I'm off to the football, Bournemouth for Chelsea, uh, evening game. First, My first Bournemouth game of the year, actually, because nice. I haven't been all year. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that, so... That's that's the reason I'm I'm pre booked. Um, I was available. I'm always available. <laughs> I have no life outside the podcast, and um, apparently, so. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, podcast is life. <laughs> hashtag podcast is life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I think what have we been up to? Again, going back to that, not a lot. Um, <laughs> I've been editing the podcast. Tom has been planning your your wedding. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, wedding planning, sorting all of that out. Getting yeah. married in May. Um, so yeah, that's just taken over. But um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been stressful at times, but um, I, I guess it'll be worth it. Nah, I'm joking. It will be. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's all good, man. It's all good. Imagine. So what what are we uh, what are we talking about today? Before we digress much further, um, I know we've got a pretty pretty good topic to talk about today. I'm really looking forward to this one. I'm fucking excited for this It's a chance for me to finally redeem myself from episode one. Why, why is that why then, is that? So today's topic is sampling. Now, if we rewind a second to episode one. First Wu-Tang album, and, and the samples aren't even from songs, they're from films, and you like, and you sample them into songs, and I think really you could look at that album and think, that started the, the sampling, would you agree? Kind of, almost in a way. We actually need to insert the, the snippet here. <laughs> Fucking hell, literally more work, honestly. <laughs> Every time we finish this podcast, I'm like, yeah, sound, okay. Maybe day, just, like, I could just whack this out, you know, I can just, you know, get to other levels and it'd be sound to then just go out to, like, the world. But fucking these guys, like, oh, put this here, put this here, put this here. Edit after edit after edit, man. Just keep more work for me. Mate, it's our genius mind that makes this podcast sound exactly banging. Jake, the other week, you didn't have your mic plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> it's plugged in today, right? Okay, yeah, just I fucking hope so. Anyway, so... Recording this. On episode one, um, 
in conversation, I said, and it came across like I kind of said, Wu Tang, Thirty Six Chambers was the first album that started sampling in hip hop. You, you were telling me that. <laughs> I didn't mean that. You, what you, I meant to say was more. You of actually a, put it in writing as well. Yeah, you, you kept saying. <laughs> I, I was trying to tell you no. You're just yeah. like, mate, Wu Tang Clan. That was that started hip hop. Actually, yeah. then you said think it was Kanye West was the birth of hip hop. Yeah, man, I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. <laughs> I spent this weekend listening to Bring Your Horizons' new album. Oh, my days. <laughs> unplug it again. <laughs> no, no sorry, Jay. Crack on. Come thanks, on. thanks. Anyway, I didn't mean that. Um, what I meant to say, it was kind of a, a, a new way of sampling, introducing kind of samples from um, film and cinema and, you know, things like that, rather than just sampling other music um, previous and, and going through the decades. So... That's what I kind of meant to say, but it just came across wrong, and I just wanted this is my opportunity to redeem myself. It's now. right, man. We believe you, but I think we'll, we'll park Wu Tang for now. We got <laughs> to go back further in time. But um, before we get into the into the meat and potatoes of our conversation, what have you guys been watching? What have you guys been up to? Been listening to anything decent? Uh, What's man. happening in the lives of Aiden and Jake? Well, listen, to Jake Cole's new track. I don't know if you boys actually had the opportunity to listen to Middle it. Child. Middle Child. Uh, that dropped on. Oh, I can't remember actually. Last week, Thursday, Friday. Um, Jake is our resident J. Cole stan um, who fucking loves J. Cole. And I so do love J. Cole. Not as much as my best mate Tom loves J. Cole and if, when, you know, I know he'll be listening to this and if we do an episode dedicated just to J. Cole then um, I'll be sure to make sure he comes on and, and talks about it. But, you know, I, I do like J. Cole. I do like him a lot. Um, but yeah, this track, Middle Child, really good. Um, wasn't, wasn't really massively keen on like, the beat uh, to it. But mm. the actual lyrics and the, and the meaning behind the song um, kind of indicating that he's like the middle, well, the the era of hip hop that he was kind of uh, that he's in. He he's almost like that middle child. Um, you've got like your OGs, and then you've got like your new, uh, you've got your new hip hop artists uh, coming through, and then J Cole kind of sits sort of like Kendricks and that comfortably in the middle, um, but kind of a bit more of an awkward position to be in. Yeah, I can understand that, because he's quite, he's quite a conscious rapper, he's very switched on, he's very intelligent, mm. um, and I've got a lot of time for J. Cole, I've been following him for a long time, um, I just feel like he has never properly realised his full potential yet, like, I don't, it's always like, as you said, like the beat may let him down, or it's just, there's just something missing for me that like stops him from really getting to that point of greatness. And I can't quite put my finger on it um, because I really love the idea of him. Like I, I generally, I'm a big fan, but he just, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I just can't. Let's just see what he drops this year, yeah, solo yeah, yeah. project wise, and we'll also see how Revenge of the Dream is free um, when that drops, and hopefully it's going to be do quite you, soon. Do you think he's released a perfect album yet? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say a perfect album. No, um, there are. A lot of albums I really, really like, but there might just be the odd track or something where I'm not overly keen on and, and therefore wouldn't necessarily say it's a, a perfect album. But um, it, I, I do like pretty much all of his albums. I really, really highly like them. But to say they're absolutely perfect, I'm, I'm, I know it's coming with J. Cole. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm in the I, same. I think it is you. coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I probably reckon it's going to come this year. Speaking of J. Cole... It's his birthday today. 
Happy birthday, J. Cole. <laughs> Big up, up J. Cole. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. Yo. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry for saying that I haven't realised your full potential. Oh, fuck, he's not listening. He's going to come out now. And he's <laughs> going to release a song called Full Potential. <laughs> yeah, let's shotgun the Yorks down. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been listening to. And when I said I listened to Bring Me The Horizons album this weekend, I legitimately did. Um, is it, not they saying still I'm do like head. screamo stuff no that's that's honestly the the one reason I listened to it is because I saw them on TV and I thought how the fuck did they get on TV um, for the bringer of the, the horizon that I remember from years and years ago they were on Good Morning um, I can't remember what they were on um, some news prime some Sunday it? TV Sunday brunch there we are um, I was like how the fuck did they get on TV anyway they performed and I was like this is not what they used to be like so um, I saw the album come up on Apple Music and I was like, I'll, I'll flick through some of the tracks and it's just all kind of like pop songs, um, quite techno, 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 yeah, te- I can't yeah, get my words out, but um, techno-y is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck, they've, they've changed in the last like, So before we years. like alienate any more listeners, um, I will say that the cool thing about Bring Me The Horizon is that it looks like Bournemouth. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you see big it going down and you think it is Bournemouth. So, uh, but move, yeah, big up yourselves and right. moving on from that shit. Just <laughs> before you go on to that, I just want to say that I think Bring Me The Horizon may be the, the perfect example of, when, uh, of a band that had been signed to a label and changed and be moulded into something yeah. that, that makes money. Because yeah. they've gone from like this, this like screamo band, and you get like a lot of myself, Grebos, <laughs> I like emos and all that sort. Of, like I fucking love them. Like they're they were a boy band, and they had a massive, huge following. But that's what um, they like were a few years ago. And then that's kind of been transformed, and they're now this sort of like they're they're going into the charts, mm. you know, and they they've got the sort of look and the image that can go into the charts. It's, it's mad how like labels would. They, yeah, they moulded him yeah. completely. I remember I was speaking to my, my friend once and um, he, he did a bit of work with, uh, with Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was, yeah, so he was telling me about this, um, this band who, who was signed to Red Bull. And they had this particular sound. Um, and they went on tour, they did loads of music and stuff like that. And then they just didn't really, they just weren't really making music, like, like really like selling out stuff and, and hitting their potential. So what Red Bull actually did was they just thought, okay, scratch this, we're com- completely turn this guy's group of guys around and just do completely different music. So it's like it, it's weird because it takes away the sort of the mm, authenticity, the yeah. authenticity of it. It's just like right, we know what's going to sell now. Marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah. Start, start, start. Shovelware. Well, to bring that into it's, context, it's weird, if, if you think of grime, um, going back probably maybe ten years ago or maybe a little less, but. If you, if you think of when that kind of went into the charts um, with like Tinchy Strider did yeah. a song with um, can't remember his name American uh, hip hop artist anyway but like that was very heavily controlled by these labels who realised that you know grime was going to be this mm. thing and, and you know they really pushed it but it just kind of lost all its yeah. kind of what it was all about and then and then obviously full circle kind of grime dropped off a bit and then I've seen Rudy and Dan came out with like German Whip and then yeah, yeah. Um, That's Not Me with Skepta and Jeremy and, and Grime kind of like then came back with those kind of tracks. So, but there was that period of time where Grime was kind of that like mainstream um, and it was really controlled by, by these record labels yeah, and it just kind I of remember, lost everything I remember, I remember there was about. I remember really, really well. Um, it was painful. But at the same time, you, you kind of think, well, if an artist is smart, typically they will think, okay... I might not have a. It might be a short-lived career. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to tell. So I'll make bank. Whereas yeah, someone, true. someone with more kind of artistic integrity, 
uh, would probably think, you know what, I'm not going to compromise my style, my content, my creative output. I'm going to do me. And if people like me, I'm still going to last. Obviously, I think some rappers kind of, uh, you know, straddle the line between both. Um, I love some rappers that have gone fully commercial and I embrace it, especially from the States, you know, like Snoop Dogg, for example. I'm always going to be bumping a bit of Snoop, man. He's just, you know, but... But yeah, I think typically it is like flash in the pan type artists who are like, oh, you know, whatever, like, mm-hmm. like less dappy end ups, for example. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck it. Like, He's re- reappeared recently, dappy. I've just saw um, acoustic-y stuff, isn't he? Um, sorry for bringing dappy into the yeah. discussion. <laughs> sorry about sorry, sorry about this, guys. Let's just stop that conversation there. I don't, I don't want to. Oh, no more dappy. No more, no more dappy. Moving on from that, no, I was no, just no. say. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tom, I've been listening to You'll Be Proud of Me, uh, that Ferrero Ferrero Monch. Ferrero Monch, man, come on. The album Desire. What an album. I really fucking like it, man. I really really like it. Um, Ferrero Monch is ghostwritten for so many big names. Ghostwritten? Ghostwritten, like written lyrics for bigger rappers. Oh, I didn't know that. He is probably hands down like one of the most technically gifted talented MCs in the world period really? yeah 100% man oh shit go back and listen to Organised Confusion go and listen to them um, but yeah he is just he's just next level oh shit he, he, um, he uh, had the kind of take off hit you know Simon Says um, because Buster Rhymes discovered him and was just like, this needs radio play and yeah, play it yeah. out there. And that's probably, I don't know whether you've heard that track, but it's, um, I, I guarantee you have, but probably right. just can't remember it. Probably, you know, the one yeah. like, <laughs> like, get the fuck up. Simon <laughs> says, get the fuck up. Oh yeah, I know yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know the one. Um, but yeah, that album is, um, yeah, that is next level. Yeah, His wordplay, oh, I just, um, yeah, I'm a big, big Pharaoh stan. Yeah. Good, good. I'll keep listening through the album. Uh, so I've been watching on Netflix. They just released a um, a crime documentary about uh, the Ted Bundy killings mm-hmm. called called the Ted Bundy Tapes. Um, Watch the first. I think it's four episodes in total. Who's Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy was a serial killer in the um, in the seventies. Right. And um, the thing about him was, unlike it was when like it was on the kind of you know the inception of the kind of term serial killer. Mm-hmm. So before that, it had never been kind of coined, it had never been used. And the whole like psychology behind like serial killings right. had never really been explored until like people like Ted Bundy came into existence. And the thing that distinguished him between other um, st- serial killers is that he yeah. was very, very charming. He was kind of classically good looking. Um, he was educated. He was like, um, he had like a law degree. Um, but, he had a tendency to um, to rape and kill girls, and so Fucking he killed. It was, and, and this documentary is is not chilling. a nice fella then. No, and um, yeah, so basically it documents um, all of his kind of uh, you know all of his killings and stuff, and you've got all, like the original grainy footage from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, yeah. So it gives the whole documentary really like grainy, chilling aesthetic watching it, and um, like one of the survivors um, like retells a story when she was almost abducted by him, and it is. It is harrowing, man, and it is it's interesting. Yeah, that's mad. It's it's a good I'll kind of like psychological bit, uh, profile. Watch, because I don't know about you guys, but like you know when it comes to um, watching documentaries and stuff, mm. it's more like morbidly fascinating watching something about someone who's bad versus someone who's good. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Because it's escapism, isn't it? It's like, yeah. nobody really... Shock value. Exactly, because yeah. you can't relate to it at all. No. It's something that you would never experience or think yourself. Well, that's how GTA was so successful. GTA. Like, exactly. Right. So yeah, you're virtually doing things that you, you probably like want to do, but you can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. It's fucked up. But, um, no, I... I I, me and Emily started watching it, but I kept falling asleep and things like that. So, in fit, like really with these Ted Bundy things, I need to just go back from the beginning and, and start watching again. Um, but I did see that they're they're looking to make like a movie um, with Zac Efron starring as Ted Bundy. Which, if you ask me, is really fucking weird because you're almost kind of like glamorizing, uh, almost in like a Wolf of Wall Street kind of way. But you know, Wolf of Wall Street is completely different. But you're almost kind of putting that spin on it. You got Zac Efron playing this. I know what you, you know. mean, and I always think about like the survivors or the victims' families. Mm. Um, I know it's obviously like always happened. You know, if, if there's like famous crimes like the Manson family, like, like they've made films about all this kind of yeah. stuff, right? But the thing is, like to your point, you were making. I went to like, this weekend. I, I went. I was driving around delivering wedding invitations locally to my mates and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I dropped by this. I dropped by to see my boy Lloyd, and um, we were talking about the fire documentary. Oh uh, yeah. And he said, yeah. Um, his missus watched it and was like, I reckon that, that um, Billy McFarlane is going to be like another Jordan Belfort. Mm. Like, he'll probably come out of prison and he'll like profit from the I story. I would be surprised, yeah. yeah. Because he just, he's just so like, you know, he has the audacity to do it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's been some amazing memes coming out after that fire documentary. Um, yeah, I've seen some absolute fucking... Did you see the... Did you, so we posted earlier today on um, on Instagram story, this, they made like a fire festival Lego, Lego set. set. I don't know whether it's actually real, but somebody made so the box. funny, man. Oh, that's jokes. But I saw a picture of um, that Billy and Ja Rule. It's like a picture of those two together, and the meme was um, my last two brain cells trying to think of a reason to make some money. <laughs> fucking hell. Have you, um, have you heard as well, they've got that new uh, documentary out about uh, Michael Jackson, and it's called... Uh, <laughs> Leaving, leaving Neverland. Hey! I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> fuck it out, guys. You left. What's Neverland, that saying? So, <laughs> a pubic lynching. So, uh, yeah, I was just looking at the title. Of oh, public. oh, public. It's public. Michael Jackson's <laughs> family calls Leaving Neverland uh, a public lynching. Which, I mean, I, I, you feel sorry for the family because they're kind of like tarnishing his name after his death. But then also, like, apparently, from what I've heard, the documentary is follows the life of... Or follows two people that are actually like abused by him. Allegedly, yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's the whole thing behind it. I mean, he's not alive to defend himself. The whole thing's very like it's been documented for so long, hasn't it? There are so many documentaries about, yeah. um, you know, Neverland and like his alleged history of abuse and stuff. Yeah, because um, he was found not guilty. Yeah, so. man, and I remember watching that on TV, and they're like. Super fans like releasing doves and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's probably um, one reason they made this documentary is you know they they saw the old whole R Kelly thing blow up, um, and they thought you know what shotgun the orcs and making so much attention putting R Kelly on the shotgun the orcs watch that we better blow up something with MJ. Let's jump on. Yeah. The, I'm joking. <laughs> let's jump on the, the pedo bandwagon. Yeah. Well. I do think though. Pedo season. <laughs> before, before we get before we go into that, right? Because I'm, I'm I'm I will say now, right? I love Michael Jackson's music, man. So. I'm a massive fan of his music. Always have been. Um, I think it's kind of I don't know. It's it's one of those weird ones where, and I think we can have a future conversation about this about separating like the art from the artist. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Once something's in the public domain, um, even if a really kind of fucked up, disturbed person, um, I'll use the term allegedly again loosely, has made something, um, it's still okay like yeah. to listen to it. It's still okay to watch it. 
Um, it's art. It's open. It's in the. You, you can you can do with it what you want. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot to talk about on that. So yeah, we'll part yeah. that for no, now. I, I would agree, man. I mean, I've I've heard recently like bad stuff about like an artist who I I really admire. And I'm not going to go into that, but um, it's weird because you just got to think. You think like fuck, like like that's not on at all you know you don't agree with any of that but then at the same time you still really fucking like their music yeah and it's just like how do you sort of move it's past it's a dichotomy that? that's um that's quite hard to get your head around I imagine if you look into it a lot, a lot a lot of artists that are in all day mainstream and being played all the time have probably a slightly dark past whether it's in you know drug abuse or anything like that so there's always a reason why you could probably not want to listen to someone or yeah, like someone. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, and there's always this kind of tendency to hear about like people are judging someone. It's like, who are these people who are casting judgment? Obviously, there are bad people who do bad yeah, things. Yeah. And this isn't condoning any of that. This is not, the, this is not what I'm getting at at all. Mm. But you know you always hear like, oh, right, so this person is being judged and everyone's like jumping on a bandwagon. Yeah. You think, like, nobody's fucking perfect, man. It's yeah. like, nobody knows the full story. But anyway, yeah, let's not get political. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's park it to, uh, to another time. Part that. Oh, do you boys watch Hot Ones? Um, like the chicken wing show on, um, on YouTube, man. No. Have you seen that, Aiden? <laughs> no, what is it? So it's called Hot Ones, and it's um, this guy, it's Complex Magazine. A guy called Sean Evans interviews loads of celebrities and like, rappers and stuff. Did you and- do one with um, Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, yeah, I was just about yeah. to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Basically, the premise behind it is um, he interviews celebrities and um, he has like a load of chicken wings in front of them. Each one of those chicken wings is marinated in a hot sauce and it goes up and up and up in the... Um, what's the scale that measures heat? Oh, man, I know this one. All right, I'm not going to bother yeah, trying yeah, to guess yeah, yeah. again. I'm I going back to the whole... Um... I can't remember again, but if anyone, if anyone remembers, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll correct that next week. So... Basically, when people are, he's interviewing people, right. and they're eating these really, really fucking hot wings, they let their guard down, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he's got Gordon Ramsay on here, and the first thing, I mean, he's had so many people on here over the years, like, you know, Ricky Gervais, you had, like, Action Bronson. Is like, it? Yeah, on MGK. I need to have a look into it. It's so like, good, like, Russell, Russell Brand, like, real kind of everyone, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Gordon Ramsay, the first thing he says, I don't think I've heard anyone else say this, is like, oh, these are fucking overcooked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, that's amazing, man. He's Chris, I do like him. I've started watching his um, his that 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 restaurant thing USA, um, when he goes to restaurants and he's just fucking he's so fucking brutal. Like it's it's jokes, but then some of these restaurants, man, fucking hell, like rap droppings and shit, and like dropping food on the floor. You know how the fuck are these places? Did you ever like, see him in his uh, cocaine documentary where he's basically going to the source of? Uh, where cocaine comes from, it's to do with I think maybe his brother yeah, no, died. He, he did um he did like drugs in like in drug culture in kitchens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he comes. He's, there's um the start of the documentary is in filmed in Bournemouth. Um, and he's basically <laughs> um in a police car following, and they're pulling over people and kind of breath not breathalyzing, but doing the test where you can tell if you've got cocaine in your system. It's always snowing in Bournemouth. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's the second Columbia here, man. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it's in Bournemouth, and he and he's in Boscombe, and he pulls someone over, and this bloke's like just been pulled over, been tested, and he's like, Gordon Ramsay just sat there in the car trying to act like, like, like he's not there, and this bloke's just like, oh, you, you're right, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not exactly like, yeah, you're well, not gonna not recognise him. Yeah, because I saw a clip from that, and he actually he got like a, a wipe that like changed his colour when it detects cocaine. Yeah, he went into his own staff his own kitchens, yeah, and uh, wiped down all the surfaces and. They will, it will show a positive for cocaine. Oh, yeah. so well, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at all, man. 
and been like, yeah, it's rife. But um, someone else I saw like really, really cracked me up on um, Instagram. So do any of you guys follow Gore-Tex, who's in non-fiction? They're like a rap group from no, no. from uh, from New York back in the day, like Ill Bill. Right. And um, he always posts really kind of like obscure, quite like cool imagery. Yeah, yeah. But he, he posted this, um, and I don't know if this is real, but if it is, I was just like, that's, that's fucking nuts. So, um, you know, DMX was released from prison. He's been in for a year for, like, tax evasion. Mm-hmm. And um, so he had, like, the, uh, the... The most ungangster thing to get locked up. I, I know, but I mean, he's... Yeah, he's like, oh, poor, poor DMX. I hope he doesn't pick the pipe back up. <laughs> but, um, so it was, like, a snippet of the um, newspaper clipping, and it just said, um, rapper DMX freed. Yeah. But then there was a picture of DMC from Run DMC <laughs> and not oh DMX and I was Fucking like hell. oh my god man I hope that isn't real they did, <laughs> didn't they do that with that um, Jay you'll know that, that footballer and they put a picture of Stormzy up <laughs> what? I'm, I'm going to guess that you're talking about Lukaku I don't I know, know I reckon he looks a bit like Stormzy but you know that's for other people to judge I don't know, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. It, it, uh. was, it was some sort of article, yeah, yeah, it was that one, Lukaku ready for work, mm-hmm. and I don't know which newspaper it was, but they put a picture up of Stormzy. Oh, mate, yeah. The biggest sort of fuck-up. Oh, Do you reckon they, they definitely funny. lost their job? Well, they should have yeah. done that's, Yeah, that's terrible, man. I mean, Stormzy is wearing like, a blue tracksuit, like the same no, as mate. a Man United <laughs> tracksuit. <laughs> so, you know... No, I'm joking. No. That's a massive fuck up. You'd think if that's your job, you would literally do some sort of research. <laughs> you have one job, mate. <laughs> get a picture of Google. Like, it's not Where hard. do you think they get their pictures from? Do you think he Googled a car and just acts. Do you reckon he just had a bank of loads of photos of Stormzy and then accidentally copy and pasted it into his article about Lukaku? I wouldn't even begin to think about like logistical fuck up about. It's just. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you funny. Can't, it's, yeah, you, you fucked up. Words to it, man. But um, also, we talked. It's Jay Cole's birthday today, but it's also the uh, the God MC Ray, Ray Kim's birthday as well. Big up, big up yourself. I think he's fifty one today. That's uh, insane. Um, sorry, just going back to the the news. What the fuck about that footballer? The, um, oh, it's terrible. That's lost at you... sea. That's that's yeah, horrible, man. isn't it? Yeah, so Neil Warnock, who's uh, the Cardiff manager, um, he's only just re- released the first statement today about it. Um, Zeno is always going to quit his job as manager. Over the last week, it's just been like that kind of crazy. But yeah, it's fucking awful, man. I haven't read a lot into it, but I've just been hearing a lot about it. And um, uh, yeah, there was, apparently there was like, like loads of voicemails left to his family. He's Argent- I think he's from Argentina, um, saying that like he was like on the plane and he's leaving his voicemail saying, like, I think this plane's about to fall apart. Like Apparently it was just like that shit of a plane. It's so um, sad, man, isn't it? Yeah, it's just gone fucking... But then there's also a load of like, weird stuff, apparently. Apparently the, the flight was like delayed by like 12 hours for no reason. Did you see, like, he um, didn't he phone his folks beforehand and said, like, oh, I feel... Like, jokingly, he was like, oh, this is like a piece of shit, I feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, as you would say, if you were going onto like a bucket of bolts, you'd be a little bit uneasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made it even more kind of like, yeah... Really sad. It's sad stuff. I mean, thoughts go out to the, his friends and family, man. I can't begin to imagine what they're going through. Because you still, they still don't have any answers yet, do they? No, man. I just can't believe they haven't actually found anything. No, no wreckage, nothing. Mad, isn't it? Like, and it was only flying from France, I think. Literally France to Guernsey, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. It's not well, that probably to Cardiff. Oh, was it? Because he was just signed to, to, sign, sign to Cardiff, yeah. yeah. So it's probably... I thought something was going... Some... No, I think he crashed over, kind of, that's where they were uh, looking, right, around Guernsey. Um... But yeah, I mean, mental. That after obviously not long ago the helicopter crash at Leicester, um, it's not been very good for 
football. Do you know what? That I've, I've read, I read somewhere recently, like in the past like year, there's been more tra- air, air like like aircraft crashes and stuff than, than like ever before. Really, damn man. Like, sorry to anyone. You think it'd be getting better, but anyone who's listened to this podcast <laughs> and they're about to go onto a plane, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you'll be fine. Yeah, so on like, <laughs> in further unrelated news, right? And I, thought it, I, found, I found this out recently, I thought Fucking it was quite funny. Tying into our, um, so after like um, Jake's rant about Supreme last week, which was quite funny, um, I, I, I was going to troll him tonight and wear my most like <laughs> obnoxious, bright Supreme panel cap, right? But I, I thought I'd spare him that. But I found out today, you know James Jebbia, the founder of Supreme? Right. So obviously he's a British guy. Yeah. And um, he is a former child actor... And he was in an episode of um, Grange Hill when he was a kid. No way. Is actually? I was just like, what? Yeah, honestly, man. Validate it if you wanted. But What's his name again? James Jebbia. James Jebbia. Yeah, spelt like it sounds. J-E- Jebbia. Yeah. And then Grange Hill. So, um, yeah, we're very professional here at Shotgun. The Orcs. All uh, information is validated. There he is. Oh, my days. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't really see the resemblance because that's like <laughs> quite a lot of... Yeah, difference there, but he he was. We only talk facts at Shotgun News. We only exactly. talk facts. A little, little interesting tidbit there. Apart from Jake, he just chats out his arse outside. <laughs> Fucking, what was Fuck it? Who was, was, was it? Kanye West created hip hop? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> little Uzi. You're the new Kanye stan, aren't you? I, uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I am. I am. Because um, I, think, I think as um, Aiden is our kind of, he's very modest, right? But Aiden makes beats. So I think oh, like, it's days. important. No, no, no. I think this is uh, an episode that he's really going to get into. I'm um, looking forward to this. Definitely. Very excited for this. I time. think on that note, um, unless any of you boys got anything else to add, shall we... Um, Let's get into Let's it. Let's go on. Shall we get into it? Oh, I have one more thing to add, actually. I'm, I'm just flicking go. through our Twitter and Instagram just seeing if there's anything we've kind of retweeted or posted that we could add a bit of like context to why we did it. Um and what the first thing that popped up is the Air Max 720s, which I keep banging on about. I'm hoping Nike are just going to get the plug and they're going to send me a pair because I really want some, but I have no fucking money at the moment. <laughs> Nike, so just so you know, we've got a following of three people, okay? We will promote your shoes to those three people. <laughs> I won't stop going on about them to those yeah. three people. Yeah, follow us at Shotgun the Orcs. But they are literally the fucking nicest shoe and the box is amazing. You know the tissue that you get in a... Um, um, in a in a shoebox. Well, like a like, box of tissue. Is that, to, is that to wipe up after yourself? Anyway, probably. <laughs> it's not honestly. It's like I can't explain it, but it's like you know when you drop water in oil and it goes that colour. So yeah. it's like that, and it's like it's just next level to what. Anyway, they're a fucking sick shoe, man. <clears throat> sampling. Let's get into sampling. Our next topic for the week. So yeah, as we said, this week we're, we're talking about uh, sampling, sampling through in, in hip-hop. Um, and to do that, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning, when you've got uh, Mr. Cool Herc, and uh, it's closely followed by, uh, by Grandmaster Flash. And um, I mean, you could probably thinking about now, like, what sampling, but I think sampling, in my opinion, kind of goes back all the way to, to sort of like the first hip hop and DJing and, and getting those breaks and, and flicking between the records, that sort of thing, you know? Definitely, man. I think like Herc obviously started, well, obviously hip hop officially started in 1973, Cedric Avenue 
the in the Bronx. It's a house party, wasn't it? It was. Ha- it was all about the kind of the live experiences because they uh, uh, the first hip hop record wasn't released until six years later. Mm. So hip hop was effectively just that. Yeah. So it's all about how can we be like innovative and like really create some noise doing what we're doing with these record players. So to as Aiden says, yeah, Cool Hurt was doing that first. Then Grandmaster Flash comes in and he introduces the crossfader. Yeah. Jumping between, yeah. keeping the breakbeat going, putting a little like you know, the little kind of notes and stuff on yeah. the, on the turntables so he knows when to like jump between the beats. Oh yeah, because he got he got crayon and actually put it on yeah. the record to see where to, to slide it back to. Exactly, man. It was really like unsophisticated, but I mean it, it was pioneering, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then um uh, Grand Wizard Theodore came in with the scratching as yeah. well. Um, some speculate whether or not that was like intentional yeah. whether it was like a mistake that he made and he just kind of went with it do you know what I mean the, it's like yeah man I created scratching it's yeah, sick the, the, story, <laughs> the story that I heard was that he was standing at his record set his record decks and uh, his record deck standing, standing at his decks and his mum was calling for dinner or something like that and what? he just kind of like went like that when like pulled the record back and forth back and forth and heard the scratching and was just like fuck <laughs> I just created scratching. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, don't don't call me on that. But it's a pretty cool like start yeah, man, of scratching, is, isn't it? That is pretty sick. I mean, as I said earlier, I'm, re- I'm really excited about this um, this yeah. episode today because, like, I myself, I've got quite, and I know you boys definitely do because yes. we, we've talked about music and our taste in music. We all have quite an eclectic, varying taste. Like Jake likes his kind of his rock bands. Aiden has like history in metal. <laughs> well, rock I, bands. You know, like, <laughs> seventy five and. Oh, All right, of course. Horizon. I was wondering where you're going with that for a second. <laughs> you like your and bring me the horizon. Hang on a minute. Just going to put it out there. I'm not the number one fan, but because <laughs> okay. I thought you're you're quite into Christian rock, aren't you, Jay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't know my Please, you Jesus. Where? Wanna feel your salvation all over my face? Little sound part reference. Oh, Take one for the team, Jay. <laughs> Mouthwash. Um, so anyway, right. So the point I was making is, so we've all got quite an eclectic taste in music. Right? I, I like everything from kind of like jazz, rock, I like a bit of metal, like garage, classical music. I like fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of sampling. I think like, I think it's kind of every single type of music that has come after another type has kind of aped something from the previous mm-hmm. type oh, of yeah, music, yeah. right? And it's nothing is nothing is original, you know. It's gone yeah, back to like pre, we, we're talking like hundreds of years ago. We're not necessarily mm. talking about like contemporary music as we know it in hip hop. Yeah. But um, I love how like the early stuff was kind of like right. You know, we don't have any instruments. We don't have the money for instruments. How can we like create something and repurpose it and turn it into something else? Yeah, yeah. And and that's like an art form in itself. Yeah. Right? I think that's just the whole concept behind hip hop as a movement. It's just, yeah, it's so, so creative. And it really pisses me off when people dismiss it as being like, oh, you're not playing instruments. Oh. Like, you've got, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the kind of, I know it's a generational thing typically, but then not always, because I have, I have conversations with people my age sometimes who, who, who aren't into it. And I'm like, yeah, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, even if it's the wrong opinion. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, no, no. It's hey, there's an art form to to sampling, to DJing, to produce, producing some of these tracks. And it's well, like, yeah, one hundred percent, man. Not playing an instrument. It's like, okay, well, I'm I'm, I'm done. There's, <laughs> do you know, there's nothing that annoys me more than someone that is is small minded or closed minded about music and can't like appreciate sort of yeah. like, the genres. Yeah. So I think you know there are genres you like, there are genres that you don't like so much. But at the end of the day. No one goes out of the. No one puts out an album with the idea that it's going to be a shit album. No. You know, they put one hundred and ten percent into that. Exactly. They put all the effort into it, and they and they make it good. And like, 
for example, or not for example, but you know, like like you're saying about how people kind of say, oh, it's not, it's not ripping off, it's ripping off music, you're stealing other things. It's it's the greatest form of flattery, man. It's it's imitation, you know. They yeah. they want to remember these fucking records and what built good memories to them and what exactly. like they the stuff that they grew up with and they want to you know repurpose it. It's so creative because it's like right, so we're um, targeting a demographic of people who this is originally don't have any kind of money, don't have means to you know, buy instruments and no, stuff. Yeah. Let's just create like something from like the breakbeat, you know, where like the instrumentals fell away. Mm. You've got a breakbeat. Yeah. Typically that's what the crowd responded to back in the back in the early days. So like, all oh, right, shit, this is this is heavy. People are really responding to this. How can we make that a continuous beat? Mm. And that just evolved into, you know, what we know now. And then eventually it started layering it more and more and more of all these obscure samples. Typically, in the early days, it was all like, everyone just ate the fuck out of James Brown, didn't they? Like, funky, um, funky, drummer. Uh, funky drummer. So that's Clyde Stubblefield, which is James Brown's drummer. Um, you know, he, he's been sampled in everything from uh, Public Enemy, Fight the Power, um, LL Cool J, uh, Mum Said Knock You Out. Just, just a couple of examples there. Um, and this bloke's never been paid for any, no royalties for any of this. And he's been sampled, that's two songs, like, two big songs as well. Yeah. Um, but he's been sampled in loads and loads of stuff. Uh, I watched a really interesting documentary on sampling, um, and, and he was in it. And he, he kind of just said, look, like, don't really bother me that no one, got, no one actually paid me for any of this. But it, it got, even just got to the point that no one even referenced that this was my drum. Yeah. Um, he goes, I wouldn't really care. If I, he, he was like, if you just reference that this was me, that's all I want really, my yeah. name on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want recognition for it. I don't want any, I don't want any money because I think it's really cool that people are like, reusing my drum stuff. And he's like, at the end of the day, you know, if a two second snippet of my drum, that could be anyone. It, could, it might not be me, it could be anyone. Do you know what that really like, um, that reminds me of, who that reminds me of? And just to kind of bring it more, to more recent times, um, Rest in peace, like, Jay Diller, like, one of the greatest to ever do it. But what you've just described, the kind of, like, um, uh, the way he was quite humble, and he just loved doing it, mm. but just kind of wanted that recognition, that, that's very similar to how Jay Diller was. Jay Diller has produced, like, more records than you probably realise, like, songs that you kind of think, oh, yeah, that's a really, really good track. And it's like, that's Jay Diller. It's like, mm. what? Okay. But he was just all about making music. He didn't give a shit about, you know, the kind of the fame that came with it. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. all about kind of, um, he wasn't like a Timberland or like a fucking, um, I'm trying to think, you know, where, like in the kind of... Early DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, man, he's nothing, is he? I don't know what he is. But, um, but you know, like in the early 2000s, like there was a thing where all the producers used to go on, they'd always like announce themselves in yeah. a really like, obnoxious way. Like he just wasn't about that at all. He was just all about yeah. sampling absolute purist but anyway yeah, digress no, a bit but, but that just really reminded me of him but going on from, from Jay Dillon man huge huge props for I think for for beat makers he is, he's up there with one of the godfathers of, of beat making yeah. man and I watched this documentary about him and they were saying how you know like obviously the, the life was make beats rap and go out and party the weekend and they said like he would be you know he, he would just be a Saturday Friday night Saturday night he would just be making beats Making beats, making beats, making beats all all through the night. Like wouldn't drink, would not. I don't know if he, I don't know if he blazed or not. I doubt he blazed, but, it's but just, he had um he had like a blood disease, didn't he? So he, he died he died really young. Oh yeah, yeah, he did yeah. of course, didn't he? Really, really, really sad. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely legend. And I think he did go on to inspire a lot of like 
like my favourite producers, I talk about them all the time, like Knife Wonder, yeah, and like Mad Lib and people like that, just yeah, abs- yeah, yeah. absolutely, you know, like fantastic, fantastic producers. Well, then we go into, you know, sampling is, is an art form in itself, as we just kind of pointed out. Um, you know, it takes someone who has a really artistic point of view and, and really clever producers to really pull it off. Um, and in an ideal world, you know, as an artist, you'd think they can just turn around to an artist and say, you know, you released a track 70 years ago and it was, it was really dope and I, I want to, you know, sample out my own stuff. I'll give you the recognition for it and I'll slip you a bit of money if you want and everyone's fine. But, you know... Lawyers want to get involved, and, and that's kind of like where sampling is, is now, if you look at it, it's the whole copyright infringement, and then you go into this really, you go into this massive world of, you know, what can you do, what can't you do, who can get away with what, and, you know, all the, the red tape that's put around sampling, and, and that's kind of like just destroying it in, in a certain way. I think, that, I think that's a really interesting point, because I think um, a lot of very like, obscure artists say for example if you're like a, a weird like folk group from the 60s or 70s yeah you've had a record out it hasn't been getting any plays for years you're not making any money off it yeah. all of a sudden you put on a fucking hip-hop record not i don't know how they discover it but and they're like wait a minute yeah that's 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 my track so they start realizing new streams of revenue just from yeah. that so it's like all these kind of people popping up saying yeah yeah i want i, I want to cash in yeah, um, prime example again, um, referencing this documentary, but I can't remember the band and I can't remember the hip hop artists who sampled the band. But this was a band, and <laughs> <laughs> when I look at them, I was like, I've never fucking heard of you before. I was like, in theory, I'd never fucking listen to you because I think your music is pretty shit, like from what I heard of it. Um, and you, you probably are like very minuscule in the whole world of music. And this hip-hop artist has now sampled you and suddenly you're, you're throwing a strop about it and you're kind of suing them for fucking all sorts. So when was this? Was this early days? No, we're, to- we're talking um, early night hip-hop. Oh, I've got you. Um, and I think maybe this kicked off the whole kind of lawyers getting involved with people sampling bits. Probably right, yeah. I think um, it's weird because like early sampling, before people were layering various mm. records that already existed, um, which is an art form in itself, we can go into that a bit more, it was more kind of like bands covering other bands. Yeah. So you had like, um, you know the Sugar Hill Gang, like Rapper's Delight? Yeah. It was that like, um, the, the, the original track was by Chic, and they just had, rather than actually like use the record and sample yeah. it, they just had a backing band to like cover the cover actual it. track. So it was still like a primitive like kind of form, almost like a prototype of sampling, um, at, you know, before um, I think we know it now. In copyright law, and correct me if any lawyers out there want to kind of write in to correct me on this. I think if you cover key, key demographic, <laughs> if you cover a song, it's fine. But if you then sample it, oh, Aiden's nodding his head. I think I got this wrong. Uh, no, so, I, th- I think uh, from, from what I understand, that is the the common misconception that if you if you do a cover of it, you're you're sound. But no, if you if you copy anything from it, man, that's that's copyright. You know, straight up, whatever you do, yeah, whatever yeah. you take from it, you take a second of it, or you take a whatever, you take a minute from it, man. You're straight up copyright. Which makes sense, right? Because if you think about, you know, certain artists try to sue other artists for releasing tracks that sound similar to theirs. Mm. Like, if you can't get in trouble for doing a direct cover, then that wouldn't make sense at all because that's happened so many times throughout history. You know, Frank Ocean's first mixtape, um, the one with the orange BMW. Or the yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, what the hell is it called, man? That's going to annoy me. Um, Don't worry, we'll, we'll, come we'll, back we'll find out. But um, he's there's a song on there called "American Wedding," which is essentially his own lyrics, but the the actual song um, 
is just a copy of um, a Hotel California. Yeah. Is that what, what? What would you say on that, Odin? Is that is Nostalgia that, Ultra? Nostalgia the Ultra, yeah, is the, is the name of the mixtape. But so it's the tune of Hotel California, but the song is the lyrics are completely different. Yeah. Just Frank Ocean singing into the same tune as that. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, maybe that maybe the Eagles are big fans of Frank Ocean, and they just let him slide, or it's yeah. just a mixtape. But then again, there's another misconception. I think is because you put it on a mixtape and you're not actually releasing it for any commercial gain, that's not copyright. Mm. Or is it? I think that's straight again. That's straight up copyright, man. Like if, Shut down. If you, yeah, sorry keep shutting you down here, Jay. Yeah. Shotgun. No, 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 no. I, I kind of half knew the answers to yeah. that. So I know Matt Miller was done, I think, on Kids because he um, sampled Fireflies. Yeah, I think that was sort I think that was an interesting, quite a big... Um, Big one that happened like recently, yeah. When he, he sampled it, and then the fact that he made it for free kind of meant that he wasn't making any financial yeah. gain of it. So it sh- surely it should be fine. But no, man. Um, like no matter if it's for free or not, or you're getting paid for it, it's still it's still copyright. So many technicalities, man. But that, think, yeah. No, I was I was just gonna say going back to like the evolution of it. Like I think like after the kind of sampling records and uh, beat makers really came into their own and samplers mm. you know um, and you're probably like best fitted to talk about that isn't it? <laughs> I know you're into that um, with kind of you know like um, 808s and then the, you know the Akai's and all that kind of stuff mm. um, because you watch some of these and again going back to what I was talking about and people dismissing hip hop as, as not being like a real you know it's not a real instrument it's yeah. like a beg to differ but anyway so have you ever watched Rhythm Roulette yeah man fucking love that like show if guys are so talented so if there's anyone listening to this who isn't necessarily a hip hop fan or I've put you onto it <laughs> James <laughs> with future brother-in-law um, yeah you know I'm talking to you right now so, mum dad <laughs> mum dad please listen to it Lee um, so basically the, the premise behind this show is you've got like world class producers um, use Night Wonder or like A-Rab music so they have Two very distinctive styles of, of, of sampling music. Knife Wonders very much... So the whole concept is they go into a record store, yeah. they're crate digging, but they wear a blindfold, and they pick up three different records, and then they create a beat out of it. Mm-hmm. They don't always use the, um, all three. Uh, sometimes they only use one, like the, you know, the best-fitted one. Knife Wonder used all three. I thought that was really, really sick. Yeah. And used, um, used turntables and vinyl, whereas a yeah. Music used CDs. But... The key is, you know, they upload every single kind of like component of that track onto each of the little, um, each of the panels. Um, what's, what would be the technical term for that, Aiden, on your beat maker? On your, oh, your pads. Your pads, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and just that kind of how intricate that process is and how you can just see them in the zone. Like they, they can understand the music and interpret it in such mm. a way that I, I can only imagine. They're so quick to pick up yeah, a bit, yeah. aren't they? They're so quick to think, oh, that bit, and put it on there. It is, it is just masterful to watch. Um, so if you haven't seen it, check it out, Rhythm Roulette. <laughs> Absolutely amazing like that. stuff. I mean, that's, that's where my kind of love for that sort of, com- sort of stuff comes through, because um, like you say, when you, when you watch these videos um, of beat makers, you know, they, they'll hear a sound that's just like, 
you, you've got like they process that sound in right what tempo can I put this into how will it work sped up how would it work slowed down how would it fucking work in reverse man yeah you know chopped up and yeah fucking tripled and whatever like whatever they like mess it all up and something like that but it's, it's a sick sort of process and you know you are taking a sound that someone else has made um but you know no i haven't i've never really heard of anyone that's straight up lied about a sample and be like no that's not that or and you know and denied that they took it do you know what i mean like because that's well, the point i guess isn't it but it's using like something that's really you're not really stealing it it's you're not it's not being stolen mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be quite proud as a producer who sampled a track and made it sound something completely different or used it in a really um cool way i'd be quite proud to say yeah i sampled that track and this is what i did with it rather than denying it completely and trying mm. to throw off that I never it was all my own work because I'd think someone's gonna catch out eventually, man. The most interesting part though is actually like digging into finding yeah. out which part of the sample it, you know, so like, if you hear a track you're like, oh that's pretty sick and then going on to what what site is it where you, it actually tells you oh, like, who, who sampled. sampled. Yeah, yeah, so who sampled is a website and it basically tells you each component of a track. Um, and there's some really like obscure stuff on there, man. It's like, how did these people even? Obviously, mm. obviously, a, a main kind of thing that producers do is is crate digging, yeah, yeah. going around and picking out tracks that they think, okay, yeah, I've got a bargain there, or that looks like it could be interesting. Yeah, um, a lot of, and that's the good thing about hip hop because it's like it's very versatile. Well, boy, yeah. did you know what would be sick? What's that? I know. I you know. I hope we have the resources to do this, but I think. Us three, one day we'll go down Bournemouth um, and we'll do some crate digging. We'll pull out three out vinyls and then Aiden's got to do something with them. So our own episode, <laughs> Shotgun the Alt Edition. Do you reckon you could do that? Um, have have you got the stuff to do that, firstly? I've, I've got the equipment, yeah. Alright, I'm, I mean, I I'm could, down I could, I could probably give it a go, man, but again, like, I... I with work and stuff like that, man, I went away from it for, for a while, but I used to, it used to be so much fun, but like, I think... Like the the general sort of misconception is that, you know, it's literally you just you take away all the hard work that the previous person's done. But that's not at all, man. Like, mate, I used to fucking like stay up, like just just to make like a beat. You know, you go through fucking so many records, man. Or you like you go through so much shit before you find like that that one five second clip which actually sounds like decent. Mm-hmm. And then even so, you then got to like play around with it before you can make it sound like good. You know, it's it's not just. Like I'm not saying I'm some big fucking like beat maker, beat producer. Like I've made like a few beats. So that's Aiden, <laughs> Aiden is incredibly modest, right? So the beat here on our introduction is, is that is, that's one of Aiden's own, one of many. Um, I think yeah, I think he's um, he's got something. But mate, that was well, what happened when I found that sample, man. <laughs> I, I can only imagine, man. It's, it's heavy. I like that. But um, yeah, it's just like it's um, it's cool to think that you know you can discover other music. I can't think right where did I hear that. And there's another um, series of records you can listen to called, um, I can't remember, it's all like breakbeats basically. And it's yeah. just got like all the kind of classic tracks that you recognise from yeah. contemporary hip hop. A lot of using like, you know, um, like Dr. Dre 2001 and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And you feel like, oh, that's such, that's such a heavy track. But then um, they use a lot of like prog rock as well, like really kind of weird, yeah, kind yeah. of folky stuff. And, you know, like um, one of my favourite. Um, uh, one of my favourite samples used is in an Apathy track. Yeah. So Apathy's um, he's a he's a rapper based out of New England, and um, I think most of our like listeners would have definitely heard of him. Um, he did a lot of stuff with Self Title, but he's a sick rapper. I, I love Apathy. I think he, I think he's really really talented MC. But um, on one of his tracks, he used a really good um, 
sampled by a, a prog rock band called King Crimson. Yeah. Um, and the track's called Starless. And um, I love that track. Yeah. yeah. And a little, a, a little, well, a little factoid for you. Uh, the lead guitarist of King Crimson, Robert Fripp, is from Wimborne, so just down the road from us. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and they used it recently on. Um, did any of, did either of you boys see that film with Nick Cage this year called Mandy? No. Um, no. I go into that, but no, 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 not the Mandy you're talking about, Alex. <laughs> Mandy. But um, yeah, it's just some weird, like warped little like horror film yeah. with Nick Cage, and and it, it and they played that track in the intro credits, and I was like, I'm on board immediately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that is just such a like haunting track. And it's thrown into like a hip hop track, and they throw like the bass line in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it worked perfectly. Um, I just cool. I love little discoveries like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, even even when I've gone like digging, man, I, like when I've done it, I've you know you don't just fucking like go for all these records. You're like, oh yeah, I know him, I know him, I know that person, I know that person. Like, fuck it, I don't know barely any of these fuck this like these records I'm looking for. I normally just go off either the artwork or if I know that if I like know the label I know that that label is like notorious for that sort of sort of music you know yeah, like, yeah. music I can work with um, it is literally like like it's like the word digging like it's luck of the draw what you get mm. and it's like a lot of work to go through all um, and you know like there, there's one guy that I actually really admire um, and you know I've, I think I've grown to like him a lot more since starting this podcast earlier stuff not later stuff you know what I'm going to say uh, Mr West oh the inventor of hip hop music yeah, and Jake's been like. I think I'm gonna write he, a book on the is, invention of hip hop. You know, not not it's his start like, in Chicago. <laughs> not, not, West House not, on the seventh day. Kanye looked at what he created. <laughs> not his like like the the later stuff, but like the earlier stuff. You know that that first album. Like, I actually got into Kanye West recently, um, and since listening to his first album, like I've fallen in love with that album. Man, not really the ones after, but that well, actually the first two maybe. Family business. How good is that track? By the yeah, way? yeah, but and and I've got so much. I Great really like respect him. And I sort of so I, I did have a look into into like him as a as a, as a beat maker and, and the sort of history of him and um what's really cool about him is because so he's obviously all of his stuff he's sampled all the beats he's made he's sampled um and there's this kind of thing like you you think to yourself like well if i'm if if this like huge artist who has all this money is sampling tracks why the fuck has it been taken to like court and stuff and loot lawsuits and shit like that and i, I was i was trying to like like look into this a bit more and, and find out like what the reasons was um and he was just like i think he said you know what man i just don't have time for that i don't give a fuck and then he he said as well it takes away the magic <laughs> <laughs> it takes away yeah, the magic man. of just like getting a beat just putting it out there and also what what, what is the, the issue as well there's no streamlined way of doing it you know you if you for example you're a, a big artist and you want to take out a song or you you fucking sample this song. You send him an email saying, "Listen, I want to sample your song. Like, what do you want me to do?" And it's like a, it's a long process, man. Yeah. You know. Oh, how about this much money? Fucking song blows up. Oh, actually, no. I want this much money now. You know, there's no there's no easy way to do it. So I think that's where the the complication with lawsuits come. But there's not. I don't think there's ever going to be really an easy way to do it because. No. You know, you never know what it's going to be. You can't have one set price for a sample. What about if the song blows up? What if it doesn't blow up, you know? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, have you ever listened to or heard of an album called The Grey Album? So, is that, uh, Dan- is that Danger Mouse? Danger Mouse, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. this is um, a mix of... The Beatles and... The Beatles' Jay-Z, White yeah. Album and Jay-Z's The Black Album. 
That's the Grey album. Sick, man. And, and basically, um, and Aiden, I don't, I'm not sure if you know this, so basically what the Grey album is, it's the Beatles track, like, the Beatles, like, tracks, but Jay-Z's lyrics of the Black album. It works. Like, it, it works it, really well. It, it works really well. Um, you can only find it on YouTube because there was a, there, this was really this was massive in terms of copyright and and how it was kind of um, I'm not when was this released? We early two thousands maybe uh, probably like I don't know maybe like even the mid like maybe two thousand five six I don't know. So the thing was this is they tried the, when it like um, the lawyers got hold of it they tried to probably get rid of every single copy of this but the welcome to the internet this thing is obviously kept on. You know, they, they couldn't get rid of it altogether. Um, and, you know, you can go on YouTube now and, and the whole thing's on there. Um, but, yeah, what a fucking great idea. Yeah. Danger Mouse, that's such a good shout. He, he's a really underrated producer, I think. Obviously, he's, I think he's best known for, do you remember Niles Barkley with CeeLo Green? Yeah. Obviously, that track Crazy is probably, like, one of the most overplayed, like, tracks of the last, like, decade, you know. But a, a great track all the same. But, um, yeah, that, that, was, that was a really interesting concept. I do like it when artists do that. Um, have you heard of um, have you heard any of his other stuff like he did with um, MF Doom like Danger Doom uh, no but can I just why that's in my head MF Doom um, has he got something called um, with Tyler the Creator Flower? yeah recently recently yeah, yeah. yeah have you listened to it I haven't I yet. think it's about three tracks so I, think, like, I listened to it the other day but I was going to get your like you know, your point of view on that, but I will, we'll part that for now, but that was just why it's fresh in my head, I, right, you know. I did see that pop up and I haven't, I haven't dived into it, but I'm intrigued because that sounds like quite a cool combination. Yeah. I love Doom, man. I mean, if, if um, talking of like beat makers, if anyone, um, you know, for any kind of aspiring beat makers up there with kind of, not like with Donuts, because Donuts is obviously like Holy Grail, like yeah, kind of, of, of beat making. Up there. But um, it's well worth checking out MF Doom's Special Herbs volumes. Um, and they're just like the instrumentals from his albums anyway uh, and others thrown in but um, if you just want to kind of like nod your head to something and chill out um, you know just put your headphones in I heavily recommend it it's mm. so so good like I know we, we've talked talked about kind Shit. of Dilla and I mean I've compiled a couple of um, uh, some tracks which features some of my favourite samples. Um, Take it away, Put man. it together quite quickly. There are a lot of tracks out there which I, I really respect in terms of their sampling, but if um, I, the way I looked at this list when I kind of chucked these songs together is that I knew Aiden and Tom wouldn't pick the same songs if, if they did the same things with me. <laughs> um, so I kind, of, I kind of went with that. So um, the, the first one I was going to go with, and I mentioned this on... Uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but it's uh, J. Cole's Neighbours. Guess the neighbours think I'm selling dope, selling dope. Okay, the neighbours think I'm selling dope. Um, and that's like a sample of a sample of a sample. Um, so if we, if we start with, um, actually we'll start from the beginning. So 1972, artist called Ronnie Foster, uh, the song's called Mystic, Bre- uh, Mystic Brew. That, that's where we're, we're kind of starting, that's the original track. Now that's then sampled by a tribe called Quest, um, Electric Relaxation, um, and then J. Cole samples it on Forbidden Fruit, and then he plays the beat in reverse to get the beat for Neighbours. So that's why that's personally like a good sample of mine, one of my favourites, because you know it starts off being one thing, gets sampled by another artist, 
get sampled by J. Cole and then just get reversed. Um, and I got a video when I saw him live where he kind of, he starts playing Forbidden Fruit and he's like, listen, listen, listen. And it just slowly you just hear the beat kind of change and then it just morphs into Neighbours and that's where everyone kind of suddenly clicks and goes, oh shit, yeah. Like, all this time you never noticed it, but it's the same fucking beat. <laughs> it's cool when um, when rappers do that, like uh, and hip hop artists do that. You know when it gets really meta, and they um they sample their own like earlier tracks in more mm. recent in more recent songs, just kind of like yeah. throwback stuff. Throwback. You do that in like UK hip hop as well. I think like um I think like UK hip hop is still like sampling is still really really prominent versus the US, probably because of the um the whole kind of uh, well again comparing it to the mainstream, it's more like you know. Uh, they, they use, it's a lot less sample heavy it's a lot le- less boom bap centric in the yeah. states now whereas in the UK it still very much is but they use very very kind of more regional samples from like like folk songs and stuff like that but I remember listening to um, I think it's that Foreign Beggars uh, and Dr Syntax track Glacial and um, they use a sample of Task Force's um, Cosmic Gypsies so you've got like Chester P in there and I thought oh man that's, that, that works really really well <laughs> But I just love when rap gets meta when they sample their own tracks, you know. Mm. I think that's kind of cool. But um, I think, like, my favourite... I'm, I'm a massive, like, horror film buff. Yeah. Um, so, like, I noticed a lot of, like, cool, um, like, samples from horror films and stuff, like, featured in, in a lot of, like, quite famous tracks. And, like, mm. one of my, my favourite samples ever used is probably um, in Buster Rhymes' Give Me Some More. <laughs> yeah. It's got, like, the Psycho um, theme tune... Uh, by the late uh, composer Bernard Herrmann. Right. Um, and then, like, the producer on the track was DJ Scratch. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, like, that, those strings in that sample, you know, it's really eerie, and then, like, Buster's flow just comes through. At the time, you heard nothing else like it. Yeah, nigga, what? What a surprise. Can you something make a nigga close over your eyes? All my niggas getting money capitalized. Die, little small guy, we on the rise. Everything a nigga touch flat, the mind's full of your quips. You know we coming on a supplies. I, I just think it's just... It, to this day, it's still just like, wow, man, like, Buster was on another level. Mm. But it just, that sample just stands out to me. And then you hear it on, like, you hear it, you watch the film and you're just like, oh, I can't help but think about Buster Rhymes now. <laughs> it just, you know, <laughs> it's it just sticks, that, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? Like, you look at it from a completely different lens and then, like, the Halloween theme was used in, like, Dr. Dre's 2001 and, like, mm-hmm. two Bill Bells, you know, the Exodus theme tune was used in, like, um, like Freddie Gibbs' track. Jake's namesake. Wee. And then uh, another another fucking awesome sample. You know, like the whole Enya. Um, is it is it um, Budasia used in the yeah. Fugees? Ready or not? Yeah. Like everyone knows that one, don't they? You know, they're kind of like haunting, kind of humming. Yeah. Um, it's just cla- it's just classic. You'll hear it now if you didn't know that already. You'll you'll hear it if you don't. It's one of them where you. And, and you yeah. could you could argue as well, but like it's it's the Fugees that made that track. Like it's like. It's yeah. It's more famous for that track than it is for our own. Um, yeah. Sorry, weird... Sorry Enya. <laughs> I do like a bit of Enya though. Another another weird sample. Uh, another track with a sample in which, if if you don't know, every, now now I've said it, you'll go back and you'll 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 hear it every time. And that's in um, Kendrick Lamar's Loyalty off of Damn. Um, the start, and you'll know what I mean. Um, is actually it's Bruno Mars, Twenty Four Carat. Um, it's the first part of the song of Damn. It, it, the, sorry, the first part of 24 Carat by Bruno Mars. And it's all kind of distorted and twisted and all things like that. Um, so, yeah, when you listen to um, Loyalty by Kendrick Lamar, you know what I mean? And that is actually Bruno Mars, 24 Carat. 
Um, and that's, that's kind of a, the trickery of samples. It can be used and manipulated to a way that it sounds good and it's the same thing, just twisted about. Yeah. Yeah, man, definitely. I think it's probably like another producer like worth talking about is probably Rizza from, from Wu-Tang. Just to tie into what Jake was saying earlier with, mm. his, with his apologies about um, alluding to that Wu-Tang created sampling, which he didn't obviously mean. Um, it's our first episode. <laughs> Give him a break. Um, I was a bit rusty, a bit <laughs> nervous. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but Rizza, like, he kept everything, like, he used a lot of, like, Felonious Monk and those kind of, like, moody kind of keys and sharp keys and stuff like that. Yeah, kept, yeah. Kept things very, very simple, but very, very effective. Um, and obviously sampled a lot of movies, you know, rather than... I really do like that. That's yeah, like a lot of, I mean, obviously the Wu-Tang get their name from kind of, like, old kung fu movies. Mm. A lot of their tracks and all the members, you know, like Master Killer, like You God, all of these things, right, and all of their kind of aliases are, are taken from kung fu movies, you know. Such a, such a good sound. Exploitation movies, exactly. Um, and that just added a whole new kind of element yeah. to sampling. 100%. Um, uh, it, it stepped away from kind of, um, you know, where you had... With early stuff, you had everyone aping James Brown, everyone aping the same stuff, and they just veered into cool, like, innovative stuff like that. Yeah, I think for, for me, one of my favourite samples is that um, the the slit rig and Dougie Fresh, Lardy Dardy. Yes. You know what? Your peep this, Lardy Dardy. We like the party. We don't cause trouble. We don't bother nobody. We're just some men that's on the mic, and when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. Right? And um, there was a, a video that um, they did on uh, the TED Talks. Um, fuck, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Mark Ronson mm-hmm. did it. Uh, what he said about the history of that sample and like Marty Cyrus had used it and, and Biggie Smalls had used it and it's it's a fucking well-renowned sample. And, like, I love how it's you know it's not just the, it's the, like the lyrics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do do do. We like to yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck it up now. But, um, but yeah, but on on to like the previous question that you you were saying about um, producers. Um, as a as a producer, one of my favorite producers uh, would actually probably be Kanye West. Yeah. Um, I think production wise, and and that's literally only recently. Um, production wise, he he's just so spot on with, with some of the sounds he makes, and and that is um, that is kind of a significant milestone for Shotgun the Orcs because like before <laughs> we even started this podcast, me and Jake and I've said this before, we had to give Aiden a nudge. We were like, mate, uh, you make music, you, you obviously just try to separate yourself from what you hear in the media about the guy. He's a bit of a dickhead, yeah, fine, granted, but he's a very very talented producer, and I think there's a lot to appreciate there. So it's cool that you actually just kind yeah. of like embraced that and went away and did it. Like yeah. a lot of people are very set in their ways. How not here at not here at Shotgun the Yorks, man. Um oh fuck I can't I can't I'm gonna tell you now when I have a I'll have a look at my my phone and quickly check the last because again like guys don't don't like, think like this guy just fucking doesn't listen to anything man. Like, I came from like rock metal and punk mate punk used to be my thing. Mm. I used to love a bit of punk music and then I just got into like literally just came straight to UK hip hop. And um and then that's kind of like everything that I, that I listen to. But the last album that I listened to from Kanye, what it was the one that I sent you. I'm not sure about it. Eight and Heartbreaks. Yeah. and um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a different sound. Mixed but, opinion that one from but, a lot of people. Um, but I, I really, really like the the college dropout and the late registration man. Really, really like it. But going on from that, I mean, because you're probably going to think like is this guy into hip hop and like making beats, but never listened to Kanye West. Like I, I kind of. Just listen to like Bear, just beat makers, 
and that was I got like really into like lo-fi and and chill hop and that sort of thing, man. And, and that was that was my my thing. Um, and I don't know if you guys like have heard of these people, but uh, there's a there's a fucking there's a beat maker that I really like, Flow Fills. Um, I think he's produced a few of like the high focus sort of like songs, and also a guy called I think I sent you before uh, Clem Beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they like got some really sort of chilled sounds, um, and yeah, for for me that's. That's it, man. There are so many um, really, really dope producers like that, aren't there? Beat makers. Yeah. Like some good like Spotify playlists just called Lo-Fi Beats or Lo-Fi Hip Hop. Yeah. Um, I mentioned to you boys like a few weeks ago, there's a girl, I think she's from, from Holland, called Evie. Like spelled like the Pokemon. And um, and that's just the kind of stuff. Oh, I like, yeah, you said me that. That was really good. I just like to nod and just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. nod my head, listen to it. I mean, it's just very like it's just easy on the ears. Um, yeah. As you said, like the word you use, like lo-fi. Um, that's why I'm a massive fan of Madlib because yeah. obviously, I mean, he's known probably mainly for like um, for his like collab album with MF Doom, like Mad Villainy. But he is just sitting on a goldmine of beats, man. And I think like one of my favourite tracks he produced, and I can never ever articulate why I love it so much. Yeah. Is a track by a rapper called Blue, and the track's called Jesus. Yeah. Um, check it out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why I love it so much, but it's just like you know, like music just takes you back to a certain point in time, um, and you kind of get nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. That. It just has that kind of like hypnotic effect on me. It's well weird, but Madlib does that. I get that when I listen to it. It's one of those like things. It's just one of those songs you can never put your finger on why you like it, but you just like it. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of like the end of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't you have to explain yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing with music, though, isn't it? I mean, like typically a song. What's an average length of a song is like what three, three four minutes. Yeah. Um, it's not like something like more substantial, where which is longer or bigger, where you can objectively say that's good or that's bad because yeah, of this yeah. and the other. You either get it or you don't, or you like it or you don't. Yeah. It's, um, it's just difficult, but. What do you um? What do you think of lo-fi? Because recently I've heard well, lo-fi has gotten quite big recently in in months as as a genre as a whole. But I think it's there's there's a lot of mixed opinions from what I've heard about it because it's it, like aesthetically it's a really nice sound, mm. but in terms of like a lot of the beats I hear made, they're very sort of that like easily put together. You similar. Know? All, yeah, similar and all mate. At the end of the day, all you like a lot of the time, all you need is like a, a break break yeah and then just a sample like it's not as creative as what like it should it used to be and what some artists are mm-hmm. and well, i guess like some are probably more like um like i guess held to high esteem than others like you know yeah, i said yeah. you that guy I, I was like oh have you heard jing sang and you were just like you, you I mean, instantly like <laughs> aiden instantly responded with like a, a photo of like the vinyl we owned i was like yeah, <laughs> and, and that's why because like jing sang to me i listen to and you're like all oh, right he's he, he kind of stands out a bit because, yeah yeah definitely um of the samples he uses and stuff like he uses like biggie and quite a few samples and, yeah. and stuff like that um but it's just really really well put together but i do get your argument some of it's quite can be quite samey and it's hard to like differentiate between the artist sometimes yeah, listening yeah. to a, a playlist on loop 100% yeah um, but then you know it's, it's good just... stuff some really like talented people out there and I think that is that like lo-fi as a genre when when done well um, you know it's, it's production like and, and beat making it is in its like sort of realist form you know it's a whole it's a whole fucking genre devoted to, to beat making and that, that's, that's what I do really enjoy about some of it what was that? Um, what, what are those French artists called? Is it FKA and Twigs? Oh, I know you're on about um, F FJK. Yeah, yeah F FJK. FJK. 
and yeah. um yeah so he he's like i think the actual got f j k yeah so he's basically i, I don't know how even know how to describe him. he's like a multi instrumentalist mm-hmm. um and you'll see him in like a in like a studio and he's got like a, a keyboard a sampler keyboards um his guitar other sort of instruments and he kind of goes right it's like he uses like a loop pedal yeah, yeah and goes around and just makes like an entire tune man he really really talented guy but they have like videos on YouTube where they're piecing the whole song together and they're jumping from instrument to instrument and you see it all unravel and it's just like okay so yeah put that in your pipe and smoke it if you don't think it's an art form like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just like you watch that, that video it's sick yeah, yeah 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 it's just nuts I was actually going to mention that a minute ago, so I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. that <laughs> I remember you showed me that, Aiden, um, a while back, and I thought, yeah, that's so good. Um, just to bring on to another track uh, of the samples I like, um, and it's Drake's Pound Cake featuring Jay-Z. Um, that, that, that's got three samples in it. Um, one of uh, uh, Jimmy Smith rap, uh, so Jimmy Smith is a, is a jazz artist. Um, and for those who know the song, we'll, rep, we'll know the talking bit at the beginning, um, and that, that's the Jimmy Smith sample. Um, and then the kind of squeaky, kind of really high-pitched, um, uh, kind of singy bit, I suppose, in the song. It's actually Eddie Golden, a track called uh, Don't Say a Word. Um, never personally heard of that track myself, and it was only when I looked into it a bit more that I realised it was an Eddie Golden sample. And I was like, it's, it's another one of those you like. Fucking hell, really? But that's cool though, yeah. Because it's just like okay, like it, it's it's taking something from a really kind of like like obscure source mm, or something yeah. you wouldn't necessarily associate with that genre, yeah. And like repurposing it, yeah. But that's that's amazing, right? That's like the whole appeal of sampling. So two kind of more obscure samples, and then it just leads into obviously a sample that everyone's going to know, and it's the the Wu Tang sample in Pound Cake. Um, so the Cream sample. Cash rules everything around me. Cream get the money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Thank you. <laughs> so that's sampled in it, and um, yeah, like, probably one of my favourite tracks on that album. Um, you know, Jay Z verse goes in, and yeah, it's just a sick track. But yeah, some really good obscure samples again in that. And you can see the theme I've gone of kind of Cole, Kendrick, Drake. I, I know you two wouldn't actually have picked them, but that's why I kind of went for it. <laughs> Maybe just to introduce you into something different. Definitely. Uh, looking at you, Aiden. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all about diversity here, man. So that's uh, that's cool. So um, I think like no conversation about sampling would be complete about without talking about DJ Premier. Like, mm. just want to give him a shout oh, okay, out. Okay, yeah. I don't yeah, even have yeah. to dig too deep into him because I mean everyone like. Everyone knows DJ Premier. Like, I love his loops. I love his samples. His beats are really kind of repetitive, but in a really kind of like distinct way. You know, with Gangstar, you, you instantly know like a, a primo beat when you hear it. Um, and it's cool that he's crossed over. Do you know what I mean, he, he embraces um, the UK scene as well. Like, I remember he um, he heard like Klashnikov, it's murder, and he was like. Um, he was kind of like trying to like give out a bit of promo over in the states as well, saying like, "Yeah, this guy is really fucking heavy. Like, check him out." And then he um, he's done beats with like you know the Four Owls. It's yeah, just, it's just yeah, like, yeah. I love that man. I think that's like I think that's really cool yeah. when like um, you know actually like giving them the time. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's really cool. I and think you, that goes back to like UK hip hop has been on leaps and bounds and is, is is getting big and it's a growing, growing, growing man and it's like. Like that song with um, the Ocean Wisdom did with uh, with Method Man. Yeah, Ting is Ting Dun. Ting Dun. Oh, I love. That I have song. said this Ting before, Dun. but I'll say it again. I was in the crowd that was featured, in the music <laughs> video, and it went off, man. It was so good. Yeah, sick so track, good. man. Sick track. Aiden, I'm gonna put you on the spot, right? 
Toxic um, fucking hell. If you had um, to choose a track to sample in like a, in a song, what, what track would you choose? That is literally the, such a hard question. Just if you just to pull out a track out of nowhere and just say, you know, I like that song and I'd like to try and sample it. Or a bit of it. Willy Willy Bum Bum. Um, <laughs> Baby Shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a horrid song that would be. Uh, let me just have a think. Because I, I know what song it is, but I can't remember what it's called. Um, to be fair, that is like an in, insanely difficult question. Yeah, I know <laughs> it is. That's why I kind of wanted to put him on the spot and just see if he would come out of like a random song. And I think he's been thinking about this. Yeah. Obviously, he hasn't. <laughs> um, I'll tell you a random song in a sample. Came out last year. Favourite sample of last year. ASAP Rocky. Um, the Moby sample. Porcelain. Oh. Um, in the song Forever. Oh, man. Um, obviously, it's a sample when you hear it, you know straight away that it, for those who, who know Porcelain by Moby, you, you, you know the sample. It's not one of them where you kind of like discover it after researching it. You, you know it instantly. But what just the way they've kind of used that that really distinctive song in, in that form, it's just... Um, I remember buying yeah. Moby Play, uh, the album that that's on, on cassette when it first dropped. <laughs> I think I was 12. Um, but that album, that album's really, really sick. I think my my song would probably be, and it's a song that I really fucking like enjoy. And I only actually heard it when I watched on Peaky Blinders. Mm. Um, it's a song called Bye Bye Blackbird by Gene Austin. I felt I really like nineteen twenties sort of songs, like English nineteen twenties. They've got such a cool sound to them. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I would love to try and do some of that, but again, it just comes down to like time, and you know, I need to make time to sort of get back into it, man. Do you have some old sample? What song do you sample? Hit the road, Jack. <laughs> I guarantee someone's used that. I think we should find out in the meantime. But um, do you yeah. know what else I like? You know that. Um, do you remember that Tiptoe Through the Tulip song by Tiny Tim from Insidious? He's like, Tiptoe Through the Window. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the sort of shit that I love. Oh, mate, you did that so perfectly. I've been, I've been practicing. <laughs> but yeah, somebody, somebody sampled that. So, um, yeah, we've, we've gone through a lot of content, um, some great discussion all around. Like, everyone you could tell was really like animated and, and excited to talk about this stuff. Um, but, like, I think, I mean, guys, if you've enjoyed the podcast, happy to hear your thoughts, um, join the discussion. If you're a beat maker, send us your beats. We'll try to feature them in future episodes. All of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, um, always happy to take feedback, man. Uh, where, where, can you, uh, where can you find us, Aiden? So, you can find us on at Shotgun the Ox on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, listen to us on iTunes. Please give us, uh, please, please rate us on iTunes and also write a review. Um, would help us massively. You know, like we, we don't do this for any money at all. Like we make no money out of this. So it's more just because we enjoy doing it. But if more people would listen to it, then it makes it more fun. 100% man. Join the conversation, join the movement, Shotgun the Orcs. Someone gave me like a little sort of like, <laughs> a, wink in a little wink in the gun, you know, like Shea Guevara. Actually, like, Aiden looks a bit like Shea Guevara. Like, I'll put you on a t shirt, just throwing it out there. <laughs> and I'll leave you with this a good composer doesn't imitate, he steals. <laughs> Quite like that. Big up. Nice one. Thank you. We've been shotgun the orcs. Peace out. Good. God bless. Blackbird, blackbird, singing the blues all day. 
right outside of my door. Blackbird, blackbird, why do you sit and say there's no sunshine in store? <laughs> 